0: So, are you DTFF? Once again, here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to DTFF. Uh, Here an hour earlier, if you're joining us live, um, so... Jake's a busy man. He's got other stuff going on. So, um, yeah, we're recording early. It's OK. I like to think, it, it, well, no, I'm going to say we're recording early because we're just so excited that we're on the cusp of the regular season here. And that's uh-huh. that's why we're early. We just can't contain ourselves
0: talking fantasy football. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. It's always a positive when we do things. Outside of our norm, right? That's we're growing. Right. That's right. Expanding as humans, even. Yeah.
1: How are you doing this evening, Jake?
0: Uh, I am I am back in uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, we went, you know, uh, but the listeners don't know. I got to see uh, a Brewers game. I know we're a football podcast. Relax. Uh, but I did go to see a Brewers game. It's like the first baseball game I've been to in years. Went to Wrigley Field for the very first time. Which is a lot like uh, the mystique sort of of Lambo. It just feels like you have to go once just to check it out. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. I got to admit, uh, got nothing on Lambo if I'm being honest, but it was a great time, and the the Brewers got the the W. So I feel ooh, 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 heartened ooh. by that. Yeah, Dustin, go baseball! Not now. <laughs> go baseball! Just what the people tuned in to it's hear on, us talk about.
1: They're only playing for another two and a half months so yay
0: (laughs) (laughs) now how excited are you for the first actual packers game that we're going to be getting to feast our eyes on here this week oh oh, i can't
1: fucking wait i am so excited i'm i'm glad preseason's here i'm loving the football uh unfortunately i couldn't watch the packer game it wasn't broadcasted live on saturday in our viewing area that was very disappointing but um i i'm ready for real football seeing all the starters play and Uh, And excited to see what the season will bring for us Packer fans here with new quarterback at the helm. I I can't
0: wait for it. Good. It should be, if nothing else, entertaining and different Mm -hmm. than what we're used to. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk about many Packers players today, unfortunately, for our Who'd You Rather episode. But, hey, maybe I'll toss on an extra one at the end just for us homers. Who knows?
1: Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, But yeah, as Jake said, we're doing a who'd you rather playing the ADP game. It's a fun little thing here right before uh, the season starts. If you haven't had your draft yet, like we have not had our home league draft yet, just waiting it out to the very last minute. This will be fun. Just kind of talk about where guys are being drafted and then who would we rather take and why. Uh, And this can help you with your upcoming drafts if you have not drafted yet. So, uh, Jake, any news or notes you want to talk about? I know... Uh, the big news of the day is Jonathan Taylor did not get traded, not going to be traded from the sounds of it. And he's on the pup the list for four weeks. How, and I know we've, we've talked about this uh, sporadically over the last few weeks here, but yeah, where, where
0: does this push him down your draft board? He's undraftable for me right now. I'm not undraftable. Doing yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it because he's, he's never going to make it out to the rounds that I'd feel comfortable drafting him in, which at this point with him starting on the pup list and Jimmy or say, just being a, just a who, just a real something about this. I'm not going to take him before round five, but he's not going to be there in round five. Right. Ergo. I won't draft. Yeah. I mean, he would
1: at this point, I would hope he comes back after the four weeks and not pull a, a full love bell and be out for the entire season. Yeah. I can't see him wasting this opportunity to accrue a year towards his uh, free agency uh, on his years or whatever. Um, yeah. So I would hope he would come back and play at least eight games, but that still leaves what? Another four, five games that he could potentially miss and still, right? That's, that's 17 that games.
0: Math. Yeah, you mathed it, you know,
1: right? I mathed it, right? Okay, so, I mean, he, he could be sitting out over half the season. So that that is very scary. Uh, yeah. He'll still, still probably be drafted uh, well before I would take him. And I think you're right. Basically, not off my draft board, but like you said, he's not going to fall far enough for me to feel comfortable actually drafting him, uh, knowing that I have to wait probably half a season to see him play. Or, at worst case... He comes back after the first four games, plays eight and then has an injury and he's out for your fantasy playoffs. That nice. would be that would be worse than missing like the first half of the season. So I just yeah, I don't want to I want to avoid that landmine at all costs. Obviously, if you were to fall super late in drafts, different story. But yeah, I just don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, and it was news that we were hoping to have a little bit more of a positive spin on, like, yeah. "Oh, Jonathan Taylor, welcome to the Miami Dolphins" or whatever. But that is just not going to happen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he still gets traded before the official trade deadline. It's still a possibility, It, it could happen, I guess. But either way, um, uh, yeah, it's just it stinks. It stinks is what it does.
1: I mean, what 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 will happen? I could see him getting traded if there's another team that's in a serious playoff push. And their starting running back goes down, yeah. then I could see a trade happening. But at that point, you're you're hoping for injury, and you don't ever want to hope for injuries, especially for uh, you know, a stud running back, someone that's one of your starters. Like you just hate to see that happen. So I hope it doesn't happen, just for that sake.
0: Yeah, it's it's ugh, just gross. There's some other little bitty news, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'll throw out here. It's nothing substantial uh, certainly not for redraft anyways uh, Trey Lance got traded got shipped off for peanuts to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. not on my bingo card for possible landing spot no. Trey Lance <laughs> I will say this one took me by surprise don't and don't uh, nobody needs to be doing the Dak Prescott better watch himself now you no. know it's not it's not happening it, at least not this year if if Dak Prescott does not live up to his contract for this year and Dallas decides that they want to part ways after this season, then maybe, maybe Trey Lance becomes something. But I think right now this is kind of the swan song for Trey Lance. in all. Yeah.
1: Class. I guess you can hope at this point that um, he, this is a reset for him. Obviously it wasn't a good fit in, in 49ers land for whatever reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though the team invested heavily in him, uh, at least they cut the cord now he has a chance to reset learn a different system and and then maybe like you said get a chance uh um later on to to actually be a starter or be He yeah, could end up being one of those uh journeyman uh, backup quarterbacks that plays for 20 years you know you never know what could happen so i i i hope that he learns from this. Uh, but at this point, yeah. I mean, unless you want to trade for him for your dynasty team uh, for peanuts, uh, just as a chance that uh, you can get him if Dak were to go down, he'd probably be the starter. Again, don't want to hope for injury, but now would be the time to strike uh, since his value is so depressed. You could probably get him for, for really, really cheap. So maybe if you're interested in, in just holding a bench spot for him, not a bad idea to maybe try going after him. So and I'm and I just pulled up Dak's uh contract here on, on Spell Track. Yeah. So their potential out is after the after this season, uh, but they would still be almost 62 million dollars of dead cap. Ooh.
0: Ooh, not yeah. out of the realm of possibilities for them to work a trade still, yeah. and somebody else might want to take that right. on. But yep. yeah, that's that's bigger than I thought it was. Still, yeah. I think yeah, it's probably <laughs> more likely Dak sticks around anyways,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and I think Trey Lance just becomes, like you said, hopefully a really solid backup that gets a long career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we, we should expect anything in terms of fantasy points from him anytime soon.
1: Yeah, or maybe in a couple years after his rookie contract is up, he he hits free agency and gets an opportunity to compete for a starting job with another club, which is maybe the best we could hope for at this point. Yeah. Other news, Jake?
0: No, I mean, there's little roster cuts. It's big roster cut day here. I'll throw out some names. If you were really interested in drafting Jamison Crowder, don't <laughs> he got cut from the Giants?
1: Has that been one, a though. thing?
0: I don't know. Not really. I don't know. People are just throwing darts at those Giants receivers in the last rounds. Maybe he was one that you were thinking about. The most but interesting. But eighty-year-old Crowder me.
1: is not one of the guys I was going to throw a dart at. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> well, then, how about uh, Denzel Mims? Can I interest you in Denzel Mims, or could I have before today? No. Trick question. He's cut, and he was worthless for fantasy before that uh, a couple of the actual maybe implication ones though that are legit it's like Dwayne McBride got cut from the Vikings so the number two in Minnesota now probably very confidently Ty Chandler if that does anything mm-hmm. for you it doesn't for me but uh, Malik Davis also got cut from the Cowboys so seems like Deuce Vaughn,
1: Deuce Vaughn. maybe
0: is gonna have a, a thing so I Deuce those County. are small ones
1: He'll have a role. How large a role, I don't know. But uh Dallas isn't gonna use Pollard just as a workhorse. They'll they'll work other mm-hmm. other guys in. We we've seen it for years. So uh he'll he'll have some value. You'll just have to pick and choose your weeks on when you think that's gonna hit. Again, don't want to play that game, but dynasty reasons, hey, maybe you mm-hmm. can sell him uh get a little value bump out of him and, and sell him higher than you would have a week ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And last one here, Bailey Zappi got cut randomly by the Patriots. That was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He seemed to play well. Uh, They either have a ton of confidence in Mac Jones or they're just really desperate to clear some space. And they maybe have a QB that they're interested in bringing in to back up Mac Jones. And they didn't want to waste the spot. I don't know. It's a curious, curious move. It is.
1: He must have, uh, you know, said something to old Billy there to piss him off. So he got cut.
0: Old None Bailey of those shenanigans. Yep. <laughs> As I said, he didn't like his
1: hoodie or something.
0: Oh, God. I hope he knows better than that. Come on, Bailey. <laughs> that's not showing very great NFL intelligence if you're going to make a comment like that. Uh, but no, that's, that's all the news I think we need to get into here. And I'll also spoil uh, a segment. We haven't talked about our beers yet, but there's no drunk trade. For this week. So uh, stand in drunk trades, please, listeners, please. viewers. However, I was offered a trade right before we went on air that I want to talk about here with you. all right. Hit but me. before that, what are you drinking, Dustin? Uh
1: I am cleaning out the fridge. Uh this is a beer we had a few weeks ago, the blacklist brewing uh Lake Walk Pilsner.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. So it's fine. Whatever. Still feel the same about it as I did a few weeks ago.
0: That's fine. Nothing it's just has changed. Fine. Well, the king of all It's Fine beers is sitting in my cup tonight. Yeah. I'm drinking the new Glarus Spotted Cow that we bought way too much of for the Fantasy Football XO. And now I have just like a case of this sitting here needing to be drank. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'll yeah. drink it.
1: Way to go, -go, Expo Peeps, for uh, basically demanding it of us the year before, and then now no one said a thing this year. So uh, thank you for (laughs) that, because now we have a bunch of spotted cow we have to drink.
0: Feels like a big, long ruse, and I don't like it. This was a prank on us. I know. Uh, What a payoff you got here. Anyways, all right, let's move on to this kind of drunkish trade. I don't know. The person who proposed it to me very well could be. Uh, drunk? I don't know. It happened like 15 minutes ago. It's about the Jonathan Taylor news. So oh. as soon as she saw this is uh, Alexa from my one dynasty league, as soon as she saw Jonathan Taylor and she realized Jonathan Taylor was on her roster, she immediately put him on the trade block. Said, uh, "Anybody send me a fourth round pick for him? I'll give him up as a joke." Obviously. Oh, I
1: was going to say. say I was like, "I'm oh like, God, I
0: would no, do no. that in a heartbeat." <laughs> oh God, no, that's not real. We, we went back and forth a little bit. The initial offer wasn't to her liking. Maybe I lowballed a little, Dustin. What? You tell me. You tell me. But I asked for Jonathan Taylor. I sent Rashad Bateman, CEH, and a 2025 first for Jonathan Taylor. I thought that was actually a respectable offer. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. You might not just be high on Rashad Bateman. I get it. Right. CEH is obviously a total throw-in piece. Uh mm-hmm. maybe he'll get a few usable games, you know, that kind of thing. She came back with a counter of Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs, who I have. And and I said, I want the guy who has a contract right now and is <laughs> gonna be playing. So I declined it. She sent a second offer. This is the one that's still pending, and this is the one I need your help with. Okay. So it's can I, Jonathan- can I
1: just before you get into that, sorry. Uh are you a competing team rebuilding? I, mean, I think I'm actually
0: on here? the verge of of competing. I think I have a legitimate okay. shot. Yeah. Okay. I I have a shot. All right. Which is why I'm hesitant to do this in the first place. But it's Jonathan Taylor and Mike Williams for Devonte Smith. From the Eagles. Ooh, that's yeah. interesting. Right. It's pretty interesting. I don't love Mike Williams in Dynasty. Yeah. I don't even really love him in Redraft. But. I do like that offense though. You know,
1: that's the thing. I I, I mean we've talked about it uh quite a bit this offseason. Um how how or at least I have how I'm a fan of what I expect this offense to do this year's this season. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um
0: one other caveat to this. I already have Keenan Allen on my team and I don't uh, love doubling up on No, I don't right
1: like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, how does the rest of your wide receiver core look? Like, can you go without Smith?
0: It wouldn't be the smartest move, I don't think. I've got Diggs, Smith, Keenan Allen, Bateman, uh, our guy, Romeo Dobbs, what, what? Adam Thielen, who actually looks like he's going to have a massive role this year, which is <laughs> a fun surprise for me. Uh, And then it gets pretty grody. I mean, that's already borderline grody. Yeah. So I don't really want to give up Smith. But, you know.
1: yeah, I I would see if you could swap out Mike Williams for another wide receiver in that tier. Mm-hmm. And then I would probably do it. Uh, if you feel like you're going to be competing and, and pushing this year for a ship, uh, ha- having Jonathan Taylor, hopefully. And I know we just were talking about how we don't know what's going to happen. But for the potential of him being around the later part of the season and into the fantasy playoffs. uh. Even if he does sit out, he'll have fresher legs. You know, he won't be quite so worn down at the end of the season, which could really help. Um, Indianapolis, I can't imagine that they're going to be competing for the division or for a playoff spot this year, but you never know what could happen. I mean, if they're in it, you know, they're going to rely on him come the end of the season. So I think if you can get another piece other than Mike Williams, just because you don't want to double up, you know, two wide receivers on the same team. Um, I, I, I would be very intrigued by that, and it might pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flirt around with this a little bit here. We'll, we'll probably go back and forth after I've had uh, a couple more spotted cows, and I can report back next week about what the moves are because the, the other wide receivers in that area, there's just there's not a lot on the opposing team in terms of wide receivers. So, uh, you know. It'll we'll have we'll work some things
1: out, uh, mm-hmm. but but I'll do that. But I think that would be sexy to pair up Jacobs and JT. Like that would be a sexy pair for a couple seasons. Like that would be that'd be young, real nice.
0: Young big volume guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I'm nervous about trading for any elite running backs in Dynasty right now. So that's probably why I'm hesitant more than I should be. But it is what it is. is. Hmm. All right. What do you say? What do you say we move on? What do you say we do some this or that? Yeah, let's let's get into the ADP game.
1: So, right. um, as we were talking before we started recording, you had filled a, out the show sheet this week uh, well before I even got to it. So I haven't really looked at this a whole lot. So um, why don't you start with the first couple asking me, and then we'll kind of reciprocate from there. But these first couple, I want to be fresh and just give you a. My, my real thoughts on it.
0: You want them to just hit you in the face completely That's unawares. Right. You just That's want to be right. caught off guard with them. All right, let me throw this out to you here. What do you think when you're on your draft? I'm going to start with quarterbacks. Let's get them out of the way. All right, when you're on the clock and you're sitting here looking at Justin Fields going as quarterback 7 right now, 46 mm-hmm. overall, versus Trevor Lance as the quarterback 8 who is 55 overall, almost a full round discrepancy mm-hmm. there. Who are you wanting to invest in for this season more? If you go the early-ish quarterback right. route. I I
1: would probably go Justin Fields here, uh, considering only it's a round difference. If it was more than that, I might think about it. But you're looking at Fields at, what, the end of the fourth, basically? And then Lawrence at the end of the fifth? So um yeah give me fields I think he he has the upside where things break the right way he could be a top 3 quarterback in the league I mean part of me wants to be like he could finish as QB1 well anybody could in any given season uh but with his rushing upside I like what I've seen this preseason so far with uh, his connection with DJ Moore uh that seems to be like a real blossoming good uh chemistry there on that team well i love t law and i love me some jags offense uh don't get me wrong i don't trevor lawrence doesn't have that rushing upside um so to make that up to be in that patrick mahomes level area where you're doing it all through the air you have to throw for a shit ton of touchdowns no interceptions uh be hyper efficient and I just don't know if T-Law is there yet and what this offense is going to look like with Calvin Ridley there uh, if they're going to be that explosive. I I just don't know. Um, So in this instance, give me Fields.
0: It's really a matter of do you like the rushing potential more than the offense upgrade? Because I would take Mm -hmm. the Jaguars' offense 10 times out of 10 over the Bears' offense this year in general. And but so the rushing is such a cheap code. Opportunities would be there. Oh, it absolutely is. Now, I mean, me we saw what Fields did the forward. second
1: half of the season last year when he started taking off and running. Like, I mean, he was winning you weeks every single week. Yeah. I don't know that that uh, T Law can do that. Like that—that's what that rushing upside does. Like, it can win you weeks. And if I'm looking for that advantage in my roster, uh, give me the guy that's going to give that I know can like just blow up and give me huge weeks. And could finish well above his ADP, because I feel like fields could finish well above his ADP this year,
0: oh, yeah. I, again, QB one overall upside for sure. I do I don't expect him to repeat the rushing from last season no, season. like I think that's a massive ask for him to do. Mm-hmm. Can he cross a thousand yards rushing again? i I don't think that they should expect him to by adding DJ Moore. That's Correct. kind of almost a conundrum is. You add this great wide receiver, you're going to use him. So your passing better go up. And it should. It, it's the lowest ask possible to have his passing yards go up from last season when they were almost non existent. But to that point, like Trevor Lawrence isn't going to get close to that ever. He's a Russell Wilson type of runner mm-hmm. where, yeah, for 400 yards in a season, sure. Yeah. I can see that, but that's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think. Uh, I forget which podcast I was listening to. So my apologies to whatever podcast I happen to be sliding here. Uh, But they were saying that the the line for Justin Fields passing this year was like 3,200 yards. And I was like, hit the smash over on that. I think he's going to crush that this year.
0: Wait, for Justin Fields, 3,200 yards? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking the under on that every single time. His for real pass, yeah. His passing stats from last season—that was last season. He had nothing there. Well, uh, I feel. I, like, I feel like he's gonna excuse. just.
1: I, I feel like it's gonna be a great season. So, anyway, do you want to make a beer bet on it?
0: Yes, I was just about to ask. So, his passing stats from last season: twenty-two hundred forty-two yards. All right, you're talking about a. Th- 30 some percent increase in passing yards to get to 32. Yeah. I don't know math very well, something like that, right? 3,200. That's let's yeah. do a I'll, clean I'll over, over under I'll at 3,200. Yeah. Then that's yeah. the line. So I think that that's yeah. the one we should bet. Let's do it. I'll throw yeah. it in. Let's do shit. it. Nice. Fucking love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in any case, um, I'm probably going to pass on both of these guys. in... In my draft, still right. as I have been doing, because it's just not for me to go this early with quarterbacks. So let's let's do one for us, more of our okay. method of drafting all quarterbacks right. here. All right. We're out of the first few rounds by a long shot, and you have to make the decision. Try to take personal feelings out of this, all right? <laughs> but you've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback 12, 103 overall, and Kirk Cousins. At quarterback 13, 108 overall. Look, you're past round eight. You're into like Mm -hmm. round, what is this? Round nine, round 10 even. Not quite round 10, but you're in round nine. These options are respectable, I would Mm -hmm. say. But is there one that jumps out to you?
1: Give me Kirk Cousins every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And and it has nothing to do with uh, my loathing of Aaron Rodgers personally and how he did the Packers dirty here. Uh I, I can be more professional than that. But Kirk Cousins has arguably the number one wide receiver in the league. He's the one A to the one B of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You've got no Dalvin Cook there now. I don't think Alexander Madison is going to be the one for one replacement and get the same volume and same usage that Dalvin Cook did. They just drafted Jordan Addison who is a very exciting young wide receiver. They traded for Hawkinson last year. Uh, while I'm not overly excited about him, he is a decent receiving option. You've got the the love of KJ Osborne as their wide receiver three on that team that, that will blow up at times. Uh, and this is, I think it's going to move to a he- even heavier passing volume with Delvin Cook gone. So give me the guy that I know is going to be throwing the ball more. Where Delvin Cook went to the Jets. They've got Brees Hall there. It's kind of a one-two punch of very, very, very good running backs. You got Mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson there. But after that, does Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb or um, Nicole Hardman like really do it for you? I don't even know who their tight end is on their team. Like that's it's just. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's great. Don't get me wrong. He's going to have an amazing season. But if you want to give me the quarterback that is going to throw for more yards and more touchdowns, it's going to be Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. And it's more to me about the expectation of, well, and I fell victim to this, but look at what all the backup quarterbacks did with the Jets last season. Look at how great they were when they filled in for Zach Wilson. And yeah, they did, but this is going to be a way different offense Mm -hmm. this season. So we can't just transpose last season onto this one. And I don't, Aaron Rodgers, his, I mean, his weapons last year were obviously pretty downgraded. A lot of rookies Mm -hmm. coming in. It was Alan Lazard when healthy and and not a lot else. So it was bad. But the year prior, when we had Devontae Adams, you can't tell me that this is a better overall passing Mm -hmm. like barrage that he has with the Jets. And he's never been. QB one in fantasy. He's never been mm-hmm. like really a top five guy. He's an okay top ten in his most recent years, but Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, I think, has the edge to uh to go a little higher. So I'm with
1: you. Yeah. And the other piece of it too is the defenses in the AFC East are they're pretty stout. You got Buffalo's defense, New England always has a solid defense, Miami's defense is pretty good. Look at the defenses in the NFC North, the Packers defense on paper looks good, but we know they're not, they haven't been great. Now Detroit, yeah eh. the bears. <clears throat> so it's just like, <laughs> you know, when you have to play those teams, you know, six, six games a uh, season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Give me the, give me the quarterback that's going against the worst defenses as well.
0: I like it. Yeah. And, and Kirk Cousins is right around my threshold. Mm -hmm. I've talked a lot about going late round and there's another guy after him I'm going to target, but we don't have to talk about Geno Smith again on this podcast. So why don't we talk about some running backs? Hit me with
1: one. Yeah. So let's talk Derrick Henry v. Tony Pollard. So we've got Derrick Henry is currently going 16th overall as the RB6 off the board, or Tony Pollard is 18th overall RB8, both in the early third Early to mid third round, ADP right now, right? No, second, second round. I second know math.
0: Round. I, I, I math... wish I could get either of them in the third right now. I
1: mathed once already today. That, that that's enough. <laughs> You're for fucking me. out. I'm done, man. Yep.
0: Were you a teacher or something? Come on. Uh,
1: no. Anyway, <laughs> so how are you feeling on these two running backs, Jake?
0: This is a really, really hard line to be at. Because I like the idea of not drafting a running back in round one. When mm-hmm. we did our mock draft episode last two, came around to an area like this, and it, it presented a challenge for me. I think Derrick Henry, going against him and expecting him to fall off is foolish. That's why he is RB6 now. He, was, he start, This earlier this offseason, he was way further down. Mm-hmm. He was way below Tony Pollard. He's now come up, and I think he's getting the respect he deserves. All is right in the world. <laughs> because we've seen it so many times. Yeah. So it's stupid to be like, nah, Derek Henry's now all of a sudden dust when he didn't look dust last year. By well, any I think means. it helped
1: too with the Hopkins signing. Now they're like, yeah. oh, there's an actual legit wide receiver here that they have to play coverage with. They can't just yeah. stack the box and try to, you know, corral Henry
0: in. So I think
1: that definitely helped.
0: And they can actually try to win some games this year, maybe even. They made an investment that says, we want to win games. We're not tanking Mm -hmm. for Caleb uh, for the young hotshot quarterback next season. So we've seen it so much with Derrick Henry. We have seen it only in spurts with Tony Pollard. I get it. Tony Pollard is a very, very exciting player. I do believe Tony Pollard will be worth his ADP. What scares me is like, Mike McCarthy. So Mike (laughs) McCarthy comes in. We've seen running backs flourish under him for fantasy. Mm -hmm. They've never flourished to be like a top three running back, though, which is what Derrick Henry can still do, especially with all the holdout shit going on right now. Like his path to a top three is there. Tony Pollard, I would love to say that that's a reality. I don't know that it is because Mike McCarthy just, I don't believe is going to utilize him as a full out workhorse. I mm-hmm. think that Deuce Vaughn and or whoever else is hanging, waiting in the wings. Ronald Jones coming back week three. Uh, I do really think that they will utilize somebody well outside of Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, I think, is going to be the Austin Eckler guy, which is great for fantasy. Mm-hmm. It is. But, but is he going to get 12 touchdowns like Austin Eckler has the last two seasons? That's what worries me. I don't think he does. Derrick Henry could easily crack 10 Hell, 15 touchdowns. I would take Derrick Henry
1: here. Yeah, I think where you're drafting these guys, you're kind of splitting hairs. But And I hate to go against Derrick Henry because I've done it before, and I've said I'm never going to do it again. So this isn't an anti-Derrick Henry take here. But give me the guy that has the receiving upside. Um, I know Derrick Henry, he's been a little bit more involved in recent years, uh, catching the ball, the backfield. But still, it's pretty limited. Give me the guy that's going to be involved with, with the passing game, really, and will be on the field for passing downs. So give me Tony Pollard only for that reason. Like I said, it's really split in hairs. Uh, I'd be happy with either one of these players. Uh, it, it'd really be who's still available at this point. If Pollard's available and Henry's gone, I'd probably take Pollard. You know, it's just one of those. It's just who's there or how am I feeling uh when I'm in the draft? Like who have a slight lean one way or the other, who I would draft. It's it's really flipping a coin for me.
0: Sure. These hairs are the ones that I do think need to be split sometimes, though. Uh, these are mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, it's not saying that one of these is going to be a dud and the other is going to be supreme, but, you know, there is edges to be found in these early mm-hmm. rounds, and I think that's why I don't want to dwell on the early rounds too much, but I like to throw some of these in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's move over to wide receivers here, Jake. Um and I want to get back to the Bears, which is the weirdest fucking Gross. comment I've ever made in my life. Uh, but let's <laughs> I know, I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh I, I, but let's talk DJ Moore versus uh Terry McLaurin. DJ Moore, wide receiver 20, going 50th mm-hmm. overall, and you got Terry McLaurin at wide receiver twenty two and fifty third overall. So again, just a couple draft spots uh apart. Who you taking and why?
0: This was a landmine that I was hoping I would throw your way, honestly, because my secret answer is neither. I'm passing on this tier of wide receiver, but if I'm forced to, if there's just no other options and I have to choose between one of these two, I'm going to go with the one that has less competition, and that is DJ Moore. DJ Moore is it. Uh it's not it's not that I don't think um uh, Chase Claypool could be somewhat involved. It's not that I don't think Darnell Mooney could be a great number two, but like DJ Moore is the first read. We saw it in preseason, and there's nobody, it's not Cole Kmet. Mm-hmm. it's not it's not the running backs, it is going to be him. Whereas with Terry McLaurin, I love me some Jahan Dotson. I really do. Uh I love Jahan Dotson. Terry McLaurin has never been the elite fantasy wide receiver. He's respectable. He's very respectable. He's a fringe wide Mm -hmm. receiver too. He's a mid-range wide receiver too. The reason I love this pairing is because he basically is what DJ Moore was with Carolina in those years. But I think, and if you, you obviously think more highly of Justin Fields than I do this year as a passer, then I think that DJ Moore is the kind of obvious guy there, at least for touchdown upside. What do you think about these mm-hmm. two?
1: Yeah, I would take DJ Moore as well for basically everything you said. Uh he is Yeah. But here, I wanted to I pulled up the uh the ADP. Um so other guys that are going within a few spots. So you've got at uh 18, wide receiver 18. I'll start there. You got Amari Cooper, then Keenan Allen, sandwich in between DJ Moore and Terry McClure, and you got Hopkins. And then you've got, after McLaurin, you've got Christian Watson, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. And I know you said you kind of were avoiding this tier, but now that we kind of expanded it a little bit, do any of those guys interest you more than these two do? I mean, because they're all going, you know, within, uh, you got, well, Keenan Allen's at 42, you got Hopkins He's at my 52, obvious standout. Watson's 55, Mike Williams 56. So they're all kind of clustered in the 50s -hmm. there. So, yeah, is there any one of those guys that
0: interests you more? Besides Keenan Allen as my drinking buddy, the other one that stands out is, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins still makes a lot of sense. Because we saw last year when he came back from his six-game suspension, he looked the deal. He looked like DeAndre Hopkins. like Mm -hmm. There was no worries, and I didn't even think towards the end of the season that he faded off or anything like that. So for an early season push, if nothing else, he gets the edge out of that entire group for me. I mean, Christian Watson, yes, I could be bullied into taking Christian Watson. Even though I think that him and Romeo Dobbs are going to have much closer <laughs> finishes this year than people are projecting. I get the upside there. And he has much more upside, I think, than either of these two. So mm-hmm. I could make that argument, but Keenan uh, Allen is the one. That's the group yeah. out of that. I'm trying to pluck him if I can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We are lockstep on that one. Uh should we get gross and go to tight end here real quick? Yeah, let's fucking all go. right. So we got Dalton Kincaid at tight end 13, 124 overall. Or we got Chig Aconquo at tight end 15 and 144th overall. So going about almost two full rounds later mm-hmm. is Chig. So with the if you're punting tight end and you're
0: going super late, which of these guys do you want? Dalton Kincaid, I'm just going to say it, is not going to be what people wanted Dalton Kincaid to be, I don't think, this year. It's It wasn't Kyle Pitts hype. Well, it was like borderline Kyle Pitts hype at some points. And in the preseason, somebody had charted out what his usage was in whichever personnel that the Bills were running. And like when there was two, two tight ends on the field with him and Dawson Knox, he wasn't really getting targeted all that much. It was pretty split between him and Knox. And when he was kind of used as the wide receiver, he wasn't seeing that many targets. I think people are going to be really bummed about his receiver usage that everybody mm-hmm. was thinking. With Chigo Conquo, I know I've said it at least once before on the podcast, but it does bear repeating, we have at least a few games, couple games at worst, where Traylon Burks is going to be sidelined. And so it's going to be Chigo Conquo is the number two fingers crossed, and it's not a random tight end from this team, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He should be the number two target on this offense. And so I want that out of the gates. I want to come out hot out of the gates with my tight end. I don't want to wait for a rookie to hopefully develop into what we want him to be by season's end, because he's not going to make it on my roster that long. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with Chig immediately. But do you have a preference here?
1: Yeah, I'm Chig as well. I've never been a believer in the Kincaid hype. From the very beginning. Ever since he was drafted, uh, I thought it was an interesting draft pick for Buffalo considering they had Dawson Knox there. I thought that was their guy. He'd flash. He looked really good. The fact that they picked him, Kincaid up, you know, was pretty surprising at draft day. And I know he's an elite talent, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. Like you said, it usually takes time for tight ends to develop. And I'd take the guy that has shown me that he can produce and has produced than the guy we're hoping is going to produce in a rookie that, yeah, by after the first four games, I'd probably end up cutting them because he didn't do anything anyway. So if I'm going to spend, you know, say uh, 11th or 12th round pick on my tight end after punting it, yeah, give me the guy that I, I have a little bit more confidence is going to produce.
0: Yeah. And then we move on after week three or four or five whatever and we stream anyways and and who even cares at that point.
1: Let's get back to a
0: position that hopefully you're not having to stream, although they're being drafted in an area where I would understand it if that's your approach. So I want to hit a running back duo here. I want to talk about Jamal Williams, fan favorite of I think any anybody. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if he's been on your team or not. You, you just gotta love Jamal Williams. Who's and if you don't, you,
1: yeah. If, if, and I just wanna say, if you don't love Jamal Williams or just kind of neutral about him, just, just Google Jamal Williams interviews and just watch yeah. his interviews. He is so fucking delightful. It just brings a smile to my face every time I see his interviews come up because he just seems like the best fucking guy in the world. Like, he's oh, one absolutely. athlete I would love to meet. And Just hang out
0: with. I think he'd just be a blast to hang out with. Love to just play video games with him. Like yeah. that would just be a treat, I think. You know, yeah, he's probably absolutely. really into like board games and shit too. I would just love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, but you have to take that out for this. Okay. You can't evaluate I know, this based on <laughs> his personality. So I'm better uh, than uh, that. Come on, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going his RB34, 97th overall. Then we've got Antonio Gibson going right behind him in the running back ranks at RB35, 107th overall. Again, about a round discrepancy here. In these rounds, that doesn't matter as much to me. But Jamal Williams versus Antonio Gibson, uh, sort of the recency bias versus what we hope uh, will happen for Antonio Gibson, I guess. But who do you got here? Oh, this one is tough. I am not going to lie.
1: Um as much as I want to say Jamal Williams, I think I'm gonna go with Gibson uh only because Kamara's only out three games. We know this. He's gonna come back and be the workhorse when he returns. So you got Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller for the first three games. That's probably gonna be a pretty evenly split backfield, I would guess. Maybe Jamal actually gets the bulk of the carries just because he is the veteran. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Kendra Miller, very exciting. I could see him getting more usage as the season goes on. So it's going to be a messy backfield after Kamara. I just don't know who's going to be the guy. Where in Washington, yeah, you've got Robinson and you've got Gibson. Gibson, you know, he was a wide receiver in college. He knows how to catch the ball. He has flashed in bits and pieces here. Hopefully now he's actually going to get a chance to prove himself in this offense. I don't know. Give me the guy that I feel like just has more upside. Jamal Williams' season last year was special with all those touchdowns he had. I just, there's no way that that repeats this year with a totally different team, a totally different situation.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it in the delineation with these two. We're talking about one whose entire premise should be a lot of carries. In Jamal Williams, which is fine. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the Mark Ingram guy there, and he'll get plenty of right. carries that's in between perfect. the 20s. Right? And then, and then and hopefully he can get like half the touchdowns he got last year, and you'd be yeah. very excited about that. Yeah. He'd be a solid that's flux it. play for you, or bye week yeah. villain. Yeah, but that's it. With Antonio Gibson, if it really happens finally this year where he gets the targets that he's deserved since he switched from being a wide receiver in college if that comes to fruition this year, the upside is monumental. That's now a guy who's going to be a top, potentially, you know, top 15 type of running back if that really holds up. So Mm -hmm. I would rather shoot for the moon with Antonio Gibson. And like you said, I I like Jamal, and I like the three games that you'll get from him without Alvin Kamara. But Kendra Miller... Holy crap, that dude looked great catching passes. Mm -hmm. I know it's preseason, but dude looked like an actual wide receiver out there. So I don't think Jamal is going to get too many targets. So I would also defer to Antonio Gibson on that. All right. We we have to do one more early rounder. All right. right. Just one more. Let's go back to wide receivers. Let's talk about a scorned (laughs) Packer. Let's talk about Devontae Adams. Going at wide receiver seven currently, 13th overall. And A.J. Brown going literally one spot behind him. Wide receiver Mm -hmm. eight, 14th overall. People who are at the tail end of their first round are making this decision constantly. And it's, I don't think, a very easy one to make. So can you help enlighten our listeners? Does one of them pose the upside that's needed at this spot where you're drafting them?
1: Oh, this is a tough one. And I think I'm gonna lean the Devante side, and this is why. He he is one of the main pieces in this offense. Uh, Your other wide receivers, you got Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers. Uh, Their tight ends is what they shipped off Darren Waller, so they got Michael Mayer. uh, They've got Austin Hooper. Just just some guys. I mean, I hope, hopefully Mayer becomes something, but rookie, you know, we're not expecting much. Uh, Jacobs, yeah, he signed for the season, so we know he's going to be there. He'll catch some balls. But really, the offense is going to go through Devontae Adams. Uh, uh, Even with uh, Jimmy G there, I still think he's going to hyper-target him. It's not going to be an issue. Where with the Eagles and A.J. Brown, very good receiver, can do a lot with minimal... Volume, yep. but I don't know that I expect this offense to keep up at the pace that they were last year. Uh, they were a very efficient offense. I love Jalen Hurts. Love this offense. Don't get me wrong. I'm not not trying to bash Eagles offense at all. Uh, and AJ Brown, despite years of not having a ton of volume, has just produced at a super elite level. But you know, you have Devonta Smith. You've got um, Rashad Penny there now. I know not much of a pass catcher, but you've got um, Swift, Swift there who, you know, can catch passes. You've got Goddard as a pass catcher for tight end.
0: And now you know, Albert Okwagbunan made his way over there. Of course. Know. You know, so there's there's. I, I,
1: I don't expect, like I said, their offense to be quite as efficient as it was last year. They're still going to be a very good team, probably win a lot of games. Very good chance to land in the Super Bowl again. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. But uh, like I said, I just expect this offense to take a, a a little bit of a step back, not be quite as efficient. So that's why I'll, I'll lean Devontae. But, I mean, you're taking either one of these guys, you're going to be
0: happy. I wanted to have one where we actually argued. Um, and this isn't the one, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm also on the side of Devontae Adams. Also, fun fact, real-life Super Bowls do not get you fantasy points, so you don't even have to worry about that uh, when you're setting your lineups and drafting these folks. But I agree with you, because Devontae Adams, I look at it this way. In a week-to-week situation with your matchups, do you think it could be an A.J. Brown week or a Devontae Smith week, and it could fluctuate back Mm -hmm. and forth? I do. I think it absolutely could. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. In the past, Devontae Smith, amazing wide receiver. He's a dominant dude. Doesn't matter that he's 110 pounds. Devontae Adams is it going to be a Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers week? And you have to worry about it back and forth? No, no,
1: no. I don't think at least there might uh, be like the one week that's a fluke. But I mean yeah. that yeah, 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 just. Yeah. Get that out of here. That, you yeah, don't need to worry so, about that.
0: Yeah, so Devontae, I, the fact that they're, I still, it's wide receiver seven, and I still feel like Devontae Adams is somehow being disrespected, which mm-hmm. doesn't really make much sense, but uh, he just seems like a lock for the first round, but he's not being drafted in the first round by anybody, so uh, I'll take him at a, a discount, quote-unquote, in the second here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, should we do one more? Let's
0: do one more. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh... I think I'm going to go off script here. Yeah. So I want, I want to try to find one that, that we can disagree on here.
0: I love um, that's what since, we're ramping towards.
1: I know. So how about this? We're going to stick with wide receiver just because I have this page up on the ADP. Sure. Uh, and these are two higher level wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going right next to each other in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got DK Metcalf going as wide receiver 15, 31st overall. Or you got Calvin Ridley going as wide receiver, 16 and 37th overall.
0: Ooh, Ooh. well, we're talking about really recapping our uh, our, our mock draft a little bit here from last week. So I I, I kind of like bit. that call out. So DK Metcalf versus Calvin Ridley. Oh my God, I think you just broke my brain on this one. So I I like. I like what Calvin Ridley was the last time that we actually saw him on a football field. The problem is, it's been too long. It's a new offense. And I really like Christian Kirk. With DK Metcalf, we know what he was just last year with Geno Smith. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is dealing with his own wrist injury. Should be a slower start to the season for him. Obviously, we know Tyler Lockett can eat and DK Metcalf can eat in the same game. So that's great. I'm not there with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley still is in the spot where he has to earn my trust just a little bit. Um, Because it could be a one-and-done season for Calvin Ridley. Mm -hmm. We've seen that happen with wide receivers, even really good ones. where We thought we're going to have great careers, but they flamed out after one great season, which is all he's had at this moment. So I'm going to take DK Metcalf here because of the certainty that I feel. But do you have a clear-cut one?
1: Uh, I really don't. I was hoping you were going to say Calvin Ridley because uh, I do lean DK uh, to <laughs> be <it>. honest. <laughs> but um, I can make the case for Calvin Ridley, though. I mean, it's an ascending sure. offense. Yeah. You know, with T. Law, we love. I mean, we love this Jags offense and what they're doing there. Um, I expect T. Law to take another step forward. Hopefully, I mean, from what we've seen from Calvin Ridley and and kind of the camp reports, is that you know great shape. Uh, he's looked good in the preseason and his limited action. Uh, yeah. It seems like they're building a chemistry, which is really good. And you could make the case that, you know, Geno Smith last year was kind of a flash in the pan. Like he did literally came out of nowhere after like eight seasons in the league, you know, and I know he was a very highly drafted quarterback, yeah. but he did just kind of come out of nowhere. So it's like, is, is that the real Geno Smith? And I know they paid him decent money and gave him a contract extension which he so deserved like uh you know and this isn't uh anti geno smith take here because i do love the guy uh, I, I think what he did is great but i think a case could be made like yeah we've only seen it for one season kind of like we were saying with calvin ridley like you've seen it for one season and that's it we've only seen it from geno for one season and granted dk is produced very well with multiple quarterbacks he had russell there now with Gino, like he's done his thing,
0: Drew Locke.
1: yeah, that whole experiment. So I, I mean, I just, just to play devil's advocate, you know, I think that mm-hmm. the case could be made that Kelvin really could be the better value here, uh, in an ascending offense where the Seahawks offense could take a step back. They could rely on the running game a lot more with Charbonnet and and uh, Walker there. So we, we, you know, who knows what Pete Carroll's gonna do, but. Personally, I would take DK over Kelvin Ridley really as well. Well,
0: personally, first of bring all. Bring me a Charbonnet. Bring me. The man's name I had to mention the uh bring me the Charbonnet drop. But, but also, with both of these players, I would take I would take the later round uh Patriot in their own offense. I would take Calvin right. Rock later, and I would take Christian Kirk much later. So it's one of those tricky situations where like I'm probably going to avoid both of them. Mm-hmm. I would lean with DK Metcalf if I had to.
1: Right. Same. Same. I'm kind of in the same boat. I was hoping you'd say something different, but yeah, that's okay.
0: Look, you can't manufacture, uh, you know, fights. We're, what are we, a real reality television show. i don't get paid know. enough for that.
1: I won't get paid anything for doing this. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sure. You want to look at it up that way. Yeah.
1: But I think that is a great spot to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck if you have your fantasy draft coming up here yet uh before the season starts. Good luck with your draft. Uh may the fantasy gods be on your side and in your favor uh in oh brain fart. Whoa uh that was did weird. that
0: last question also break your brain it may yeah, have the uh, versus Ridley yeah
1: <laughs> but as always give us a rate and review folks Um, uh, five stars all that good stuff tune in to us on youtube you see us go live every single week even when we uh go early like we did tonight you'll get the notification let you know that we're early so um yeah go do all that um uh, our dms are open any last minute draft questions or in season, start sit questions, any of that sort of stuff coming up. Hit us up, hit my partner up here at Jake Trowbridge. You could hit me up at FF Dusty Dog, or we'll both uh, equally respond to the at drinking fantasy handle on X slash Twitter slash whatever you want to call it. Uh we will be there till the very bitter end. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football.
0: Cheers, FFers.